Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that never tweets at Cruz. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is still addicted to Coke. Yes, uh, I certainly am, Mike. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who is a Dr. Pepper guy. I am. I do love my DP, Trey Newman. (laughs) 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 All right. Good start to the episode, fellas. On today's episode, we are going to cover okay, the biggest winners and losers of the 2020 recruiting cycle. But first... What are you guys laughing about? Oh, no, oh nothing. Nothing, Dre. Right? funny nothing. joke Ryan and I were saying earlier. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, news and notes. It is all about Michigan State. Let's go. <laughs> oh, did Trey just... Okay. <laughs> did you just get it? Wow. Yeah, I just got it. A little wow. delay there. All right. All right. Let's move <laughs> on. Let's are... power through it. We don't need to start over. We can do this. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I've said so far, but we're talking Michigan State. And first, Luke Fickle decided to stay put at Cincinnati. What were your thoughts on that decision, Ryan? I mean, it's a it's a gut punch for the for old Sparty fans. That was going to be a home run hire for them. Everybody was looking forward to it. it sounded like it was going to be a kind of a done deal, or it seemed like it was. Uh, everybody was just waiting for the announcement to come. Quite a disappointment that uh, they didn't get him. Great for Cincy. I understand. I guess this decision, if you're Fickle, I mean, Michigan State. Well, it's a good job. You got pretty tough division over there you're certainly going to be a not in the top three as far as uh advantages from the school's point of view you got penn state michigan and ohio state they're always going to pretty much be huh what about Rutgers? oh yeah that's yes true so five maybe yeah yeah be down to fifth right no but since he i mean he's got it going good there now they're they were a pretty young team they got a lot of talent coming back brought in the number one class from the aac so it He's probably he, he could wait for a better job, I guess. There's no real rush for him. I agree. I and I I think it's good for for both parties, for Fickle and Cincinnati, of course. I mean, you mentioned that they were number one in the AAC in, in recruiting, but it was also Cincinnati's best best ever class, I believe. Um they've been so close to winning that conference the last couple of years. There's no reason they they couldn't do that this year. They'd probably be the favorite to be the group of five representative. And like you said, Ryan, I mean, he could get, if they have a strong season, he could get about any job that's open next year. Yeah, I guess the only losing party here then is Michigan State. Uh, but let's let's get to that. So in the dead of the night, Bruce Feldman reported that Colorado head coach Mel Tucker has been hired at Michigan State. Just nothing better than, than Bruce after dark. So instead of showering with praise, you are showering them with urine. <laughs> <laughs> he gets weird. He gets weird after dark. So first yeah. question here, is this a good hire for Michigan State? Uh, I mean, at first glance, I got to admit, I was very underwhelmed. Um, but the more I read and heard, I started coming around a little bit more on it. Uh, I'm not saying it's a home run hire at all, but I can see that there is some potential here. I mean, he does have a very impressive resume as far as a coordinator uh, on the defensive side of the ball, he spent time in the NFL. He's been at major college programs, of course, Alabama and Georgia recently. 
and he he does have familiarity with the Big Ten, although it might be a little dated since it's over a decade ago, and then he played even well before that. But the one thing we just don't know, the great unknown, is how he can be as a head coach. He's only got the one year at Colorado, and obviously that had mixed results. So I'm I'm a little on the fence right now, but I'm I'm becoming a little bit more persuaded. Yeah, I'm not super enthused. I mean, it seems like they overpaid here for a guy that's uh, unproven as a head coach, five and a half million per year. I don't know. I guess the Big Ten has loads of money to spend with that contract revenue that they get. Yeah. But it just seems like they're overpaying for a guy that I, I we don't know. It's He went five and seven at Colorado, and that's nothing really great there. So, eh, I, I mean, it could end up being great, but I don't. I just don't think it's uh, – I'm not going to give it an A higher or anything like that. It's probably more like a B minus considering everything. Yeah, I think that's the the key words there is considering everything because the circumstances were not good to be hiring a head coach with the the timing of this happening. And of course, who knows, maybe there's potential sanctions coming. I'm not sure. There's still a lot to unfold there, but they were not in a position of power. So all things considered to get Mel Tucker, I think is is fine, but... Like you said, right? It's not definitely not an A hire. At least it doesn't look like it now. No. Um, okay, but what what about Mel Tucker? Um, you know, leaving Colorado a few days after he tweeted, "While I'm flattered to be considered for the head coaching job at Michigan State, I am committed to CU Buffs football for hashtag the build of our program, its great athletes, coaches, and supporters. hashtag Unfinished business. hashtag Go Buffs." Yeah, that's a little uh, ouch there. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not, if not you're going to say that, if you're going to say that, you got to stay. I know they came back with a stronger offer, but just don't say anything at all. You know, just be like, oh, no, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy I'll see you. I'm staying to see you. I mean, don't go all and on and on and on. He's just like, no, you know, coaches will deny it. Just be like, no, I'm, you know, I'm the head coach of Colorado. Just go that, go that route. Don't say anything. Right. I mean, I'll I'll give him a little bit of a break. Because I bet when he tweeted that, he probably did think for sure he was staying, right? Michigan State, it sounds like, came True, back to the table. he didn't know he was going to get a huge offer after. Yeah, so it's kind of what, you know, it's is he lying? I guess so. But it's kind of what coaches have to do, right? Or maybe they don't have to, but it's what most of them do. Because if they say, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm considering leaving, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt recruiting. So the only issue I have is when, out of the other side of his mouth, he said before, that the you know there's no transfer portal in the real world so that's yeah just avoid those boomer quotes and and you'll be okay yeah that was the one that to me was more of not a good look when you're looking back in hindsight because of course look look what he did but the Michigan State man they were very desperate if they came back and you know reportedly <laughs> were very aggressive in the second offer yeah yeah uh so now the question is is what this means for Colorado and this is not great. It's really disappointing because of mostly because of the timing. It's going to make it hard to get a great replacement. I'll throw out a few candidates whose names have been discussed. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Pipe course, dream. Yeah, he's a former Colorado player, so that's the hope. But it is hard to see him leaving for anything but an NFL head coaching job. But we'll see. Uh, Brian Harson. Of course, is always a candidate. Not sure if he'd leave Boise for Colorado. Um, now, the last one that I kind of like is Troy Calhoun from Air Force. He's taken them to 10 bowl games in 13 years. They just won 11 games, so he's kind of riding a crest. And 
he's only 53 years old. He's been around forever, so you'd think he might be older, but he's he's still fairly young. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I I mean, I would if I'm Colorado, I'm back in the truck up for Eric Bieniemy. Just I think that that would rejuvenate yeah. the fan base, and and I think recruits might like that. But uh, the other name that that was that I've seen might also not work out. But Jim Levitt, he was obviously at Colorado before as a D coordinator, and you know he's obviously sitting out right now. So that could be uh, that could be a position. Yeah, didn't he? I think he's at FAU now. He might be their D coordinator. Not that he couldn't leave. I'm just oh, trying to remember where true. he is. But I mean, as far as being a head coach. Yeah. Uh, what about your boy, Graham Harrell, Michael? Ooh. Oh, how do, don't take Graham Harrell. Please don't. Yep. That would be rough, huh? No, but that, that'd be interesting. He obviously had a very good year one at USC uh, developing yep. Keaton Slovis. I would be fine if I were a Colorado fan with that hire. Yeah, I would too. I would be. I would welcome that. Okay. Uh, Ryan, you have a top five list for us now? I sure do, Mike. Okay. What is it? It is top five funniest movies of all time. Oh, non-football related. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, throw off season here. Yeah. All right. Number five, we have Superbad. <laughs> good old, good old McLovin. There it They'll get a little bit of a recency bias here with these, uh, with some of these movies. No, that's, but that's a great one. That's a great one. It's a really good movie, man. Uh, number four, well, I guess it's not a recency bias when I take a second peek. Uh, number four, Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Classic Jim Carrey. <laughs> the other you guy. Know, give me a, give me a, give me a quote. From, give me a quote from that Big one. Big gulps, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the town Sam. is that way. <laughs> Samsonite. Oh, I was yeah. way off. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh, okay, so there we go. <laughs> See, if you can quote multiple, you know, s- quotes yeah. from the movie, then you know you got a, a classic. That one's very, very quotable. Yep. Uh, number three, Trey will agree with this one, Caddyshack. Can't get, go wrong with that. Bill Murray. Great one. Uh, number Love two, Caddyshack. Yep. Number two, uh, Naked Gun. Huh. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that might be my number one. Yeah, it is a cla- It is so good, man. Some of the subtle subtleties that Leslie Nielsen has, he is just, he was awesome in his heyday there. With, yeah, I could have put Airplane. I kind of make that almost in one. They're just so similar. Yeah. So I'm not going to make them separate, but similar type of humor. Um, and then finally, number one, Team America World Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just so outrageous. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, the South Park guys. Oh, man. It doesn't get better than that. There are some funny Matt scenes in that. Damon. Uh, yeah. And the whole concept that it's <laughs> literally little puppets is just... <laughs> yeah. You forget about it after a little while, though, you know, when you're watching. Uh, that was good. Very good, Ryan. Appreciate the, yeah. the off-season content there. You got it. Uh, okay. Are you fighting through the elements here a little bit, Mike? I am, yeah. I'm, if my voice sounds a little bit different, I am not feeling 100%. So, yeah. You look horrible. Thank you. Well, I mean, I, I thought I looked pretty good. <laughs> um, but no, actually, at work today, I, at lunch, I spilled red sauce all over my shirt. <laughs> and it was middle of the day. So, all day, I've been having to just like carry random things when I move around the <laughs> office, just like oh, just, holding them at you, chest level. You just uh, yeah. oh, I'm just moving this binder over to the uh, 
bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you you just didn't own it and be like, yep, I spilled. Get over it. No, I definitely did not own it. Do we have clients in there? Yeah, there's, there's people everywhere, you know? So. I thought it was a small office. No, there's a, it's a shared office. There's lots of people. Oh, got it. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's get back to football. We got the, uh, the whole point of this episode is the 2020 recruiting cycle, winners and losers. So Georgia finished number one, closely followed by Alabama, Clemson, LSU, and Ohio State. And six of the top eight classes came from the SEC. They continue to dominate. Let's start with the winners. What do you got, Ryan? I'll take the easy one here. I'll take, I'll take Georgia, number one overall class. Yet again, mm-hmm. they, the last four years, they've gone three, one, two, one. So, I mean, that is just ridiculously good recruiting from them. They should arguably be the most talented roster in the country this, this coming year with all the talent that they've brought in. And I, I just like how they bring in, they're, they're focused on the line play. They, this particular class, they brought in eight, four or five stars on the, on, in the trenches. I mean, that's, that's how you win games. That's why the SEC dominates because their, their trenches are so good. So Georgia set up and setting themselves up very well. Yeah. That works up, works out because they have a lot to replace up front. Yep. Offensively. I'm going to go with another SEC team who, who I became very fond of this year was, was Tennessee, the Vols. Oh boy. They had the 10th ranked class, but like you just pointed out, Michael, I mean, that means they're only the seventh best in the SEC. But that is crazy. Considering where they've been, they were they were as high as thirteenth. The last three years, they were as high as thirteenth, twenty first, and seventeenth. So the tenth is definitely a step up. Um, it's similar to just how they improved on the on the field over the course of this year. Uh, they had three top one hundred hundred guys led by a six five quarterback, Harrison Bailey, and. It's also this class doesn't even factor in the fact that they do get the former five star Cade Mays for, via transfer, so that only makes it a little bit better of a class. True. Oh yeah, there's going to be so much hype this year for Tennessee. I mean, deservedly yeah. so, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I have another easy winner here, Clemson, with the number three ranked class. That's I mean, maybe if you don't follow recruiting closely, you wouldn't realize this, but that's their first ever top five finish, and. We've seen what they've been able to accomplish with classes that are, you know, kind of the 10 to 15 range over the last few years. I'm sure they will do just as well with uh, top five classes. So last year, their their team talent composite was ninth in the country. That's in the next couple of years going to climb up to probably the top two or three. Um, and then just to name some specific players, they got Brian Brzee, number one overall recruit in the country, a D tackle from Maryland. He's a beast. Yeah, he seems like it. And then you got the top pro style quarterback. I'm can hoping I'm. Per- can you I'm say it? I- yeah, I'm going to try and pronounce it. DJ. Oh, oh, wow. I think that's. I think that's right. I apologize to him if it's wrong. No, I think it's uh, DJ Uyangalale. I think that's right. It sounds really right, Mike. It sounds okay. I mean, yeah. I only read a phonetic pr- pronunciation. So what are they going to call wrong. him? You know, like. DJ yeah. or like, yeah, probably maybe DJ or Ui. Seems like you get the first part of it. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, are we back to me now? We it's are. Always about you, Ryan. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go out west here. Let's move over here to our neck of the woods, uh, Oregon. They are taking further control of the Pac-12. 
first in the conference yet again, second consecutive year that they've done that, 12th overall in the nation. They're they're taking advantage, you know, of UCLA and USC being down, especially SC. Uh, they got eight kids from California. You know, they're not just like bottom kids. They're getting the top top level. They got uh, Justin Flo. He was probably the, the biggest get from Upland, California. Sixth overall rated player, inside linebacker, just a beast. Yeah, so. no, he's overrated. USC didn't want him. Yeah, yeah, we didn't want him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Crystal Ball and Oregon, man, they're – they're setting themselves up pretty good for a, a continued dominant run here in the Pac-12. They're already well, at the top, but the other thing going. I the other thing I saw about them is they got three five stars, yeah. and they were all on the defensive side. They got two linebackers and a and a corner. So yeah, they, the defense should be just fine over the coming years. Oh yeah, they, this year it's going to be one of the top probably yeah. five defenses in the country. Yeah, with Thibodeau and yeah, it's they're they're stacked. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go. To the Big Ten here for my next one is Wisconsin. They they weren't twenty fifth this year, but that's that's as high as they've they've uh, they've had in this modern era. They've been they were 29th last year, forty fifth and thirty ninth the years before that, and we've seen obviously what they've done going to Rose Bowls and whatnot, and always contending in the Big Ten for sure in the West, uh, even with that kind of mid level talent. So they. Uh, a couple key elements, of course, typical Badgers is they got their best recruits were two offensive linemen and a running back. So it's going to continue the, their trend of putting a good running back behind quality O-line. So the Badgers made a little step up. Okay, my second winner is Georgia Tech. They finished 26th, and that is their first top 40 class since 2007. They were fifth out of 14 teams in the ACC and really the biggest guy they got arguably is a four-star dual threat quarterback out of Florida, Jeff Sims. Of course, they need to get a, a quarterback that can fit their system. And so this is just exactly the type of class that Georgia Tech was looking for because, you know, they need to replenish the talent with after um, Paul Johnson. Of course, he was recruiting a different type of player uh, really on both sides of the ball. Their defensive recruiting wasn't great. So Jeff Collins, at the very least, even if he isn't a good coach on the field which maybe he will be but he's going to replenish the talent so that's that's job number one yep exactly that was a, a a very good class for them i was surprised that they got so high yeah um hey it was one of your sleeping giants in one of our previous episodes that's true that was a long time ago good memory you're welcome Alrighty. i mean i didn't thank you but <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna stay in the a- acc here uh i'm gonna take uh miami I mean, they they finished second in the ACC, 13th in the country. After last year, I know they were kind of in a little transition, but they were 27th uh, last year, so that's a big jump to 13th. Uh, interesting thing, though, for them is they have, like, more than half of their class uh, coming in as early enrollees, so they got a ton of kids already there. So I'm sure you're going to see quite a few uh, impact players that are true freshmen for the U this year. Sets up pretty well for them for the future. Uh they got they got a four star quarterback from Connecticut, Tyler Van Dyke. We'll see if that he can kind of hold down the fort there for the U um, after Derek King, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and they obviously brought in speed. There's no doubt about it. So hopefully, the Manny Diaz. And we kind of knew he would uh, be able to recruit, but it's just a matter of uh, putting all that together. But he's he he did job number one, like you said, Mike. You're welcome. All right, I'm gonna also stay in the ACC, and I'm gonna talk about a team that. You mentioned Tennessee is going to get hype. This team's going to get a lot of hype too. North Carolina. Oh yeah, 
Uh, Mac Brown, of course, they were they finished nineteenth. Uh, the previous three years, they've been kind of in that twenty to thirty range. Uh, so there's some clear reason for for hope under under Mac. They the that the talent pool has improved, and players that might want to come play with a guy like Sam Howell, they um, they're trying to slowly you know cut into that that Clemson stranglehold on the ACC. They're adding some depth each year. Uh, I noticed that majority of their highest rated recruits this year are on the defensive side of the ball, but they also did add a a top 100 receiver to give Hal another weapon. All right, we are to our last winner then. And for me, it is Cincinnati. They finished, we already mentioned them, they finished 40th, the top G5 class. And uh, that includes Evan Prater, the number six ranked dual threat quarterback. And obviously, this is this is all thanks to Luke Fickle. Um, and so I have an idea for Cincinnati fans if they want to keep Luke Fickle, because of course, he's going to be a, a hot commodity every year now, it seems. I think they should, at the games, just pass around a basket like you do at church and everyone just puts money in there and it goes straight to luke fickle sounds like a great idea mike yeah i I can't think of one reason why it wouldn't Uh, work me neither bulletproof man okay (laughs) all right uh just some honorable mentions here and other g5 uh teams liberty under hugh freeze got got their best class and then charlotte under will healy no surprise there he had a great class that he is i mean along with billy napier I feel like those are the two brightest, you know, young up and comers. Yeah, I was thinking maybe him for Colorado, but we'll we'll see. Oh, that would be great. Uh, yeah, A and M got Texas A and M. They were, you know, they won Texas. Oh yeah, they finished sixth what overall sixth. Yeah, there. Yep, that's that's great. Even Texas, they they took a smaller class, but yeah, so they finished ninth. But the average rating was was really good. So one of those teams is gonna. Okay, let me. I'll ask you a question. In the next three years, will Texas A and M or Texas make a playoff? Yes or no? No. Okay, Trey. Oh man, I'm gonna say. I guess I would lean no too. Okay. Well, Ryan, uh, well, I mean, they bet- have the talent. They have the talent too, of course. I just think the odds against the odds are against A and M. Like A and M is gonna have better talent, but the odds are against them being in the SEC. Fair. Uh, yep. But. Like Texas, they do have a clear path. It's just Oklahoma, really. You know, Baylor might not yeah. stay up here. I mean, it's, I, but it's, it's tough. I don't know. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm taking the yes side of that bet. So I'm going to make individual bets with each of you. So Ryan, how about 12 ounces of Coke? Does that sound good? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that's our bet. Oh, that's expensive. And then Trey, Trey, unlimited DP. <laughs> I'll stick to Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay all right fair fair all right let's get to our our losers then we got three three lo- three losers each uh trey what's the first loser trey ryan and michael no i yeah. didn't say oh that. you put well you put your yourself in there that's yeah i know i know <laughs> all right well sorry to some of our sparty fans but i'm gonna say michigan state they fell to 43rd this year uh that's 10th in the big 10 they were they were in the high thirties uh, in the previous few years. We know they had a down year on the field uh, compared to at least years prior. And then, of course, you know, with all the questions surrounding D'Antonio before he actually left, that didn't help. And then then he and then he did leave. They didn't land a single four or five star in this class. Uh, if there are any redeeming traits, they did get uh, a couple guys out of Texas and Georgia. 
that could help in the future. But Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker, he's not uh, walking into a full cupboard right now. No, or a full cupboard, either one, that, really. That either. <laughs> so the most obvious loser here I'm going with is USC, my alma mater. And, you know, I thought last year when we pulled in the 20th ranked class, that was pretty much a fireable offense for for Clay Helton. This year, it is 55th. <laughs> wow. I mean, what can I even say there? Yes, we only took 13 players, but that is hardly an excuse. Only two four stars. And it's just looking like keeping Clay Helton after last year and now this year is going to set back the program possibly a few years. It's not good. No, that is flat out embarrassing. It's like you almost have to try to not get a top 25 I, maybe, class. Maybe I'd like to eavesdrop on some of those calls. Like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Screw you, you man. You want to come? Sure. But maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> I kind of don't care. I kind of don't care. All right. See you later, <laughs> Justin Flo. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you anyway. Yeah. Good riddance. Uh, it sounds like a Bo Pelini move. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably how he recruits. <laughs> it's like, are you, are you going to come to LSU? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of probably true. Whose turn is it? It's mine if I can get it together here. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> Virginia Tech is uh is a loser. They uh <laughs> yeah, they are. There's no way to sugarcoat this one either. Second worst uh, uh second worst class in the entire Power 5. Uh, just ahead of Illinois, so Lovey sucks. Um, wow, seventy second in the country. That's embarrassing. That is uh, really really bad for your boy Fuente, Michael. It is. Uh, it's not good. Just one four star, and he was barely a four star at that. It wasn't like he was some of the top one of the top level guys. So that's it's rough, man. I mean, it, there was definitely some off the field kind of stuff this year, and I guess that's kind of leaking into the the recruiting. Yeah, and the beginning of the season did not start well. All right, I got a question for you about this class. So you said 72nd. What was their previous worst class? Virginia Tech. 69. No. No. It was uh, a 50th. 48. 43rd in 2002. Uh, wow. So in pretty 20 big years, this is their worst class. Yeah. That's crazy. Brutal. All right, I'm going to go to the AAC, UCF. Uh, they were, they were, they brought in the fifth ranked recruiting class in their, in the conference and 71st overall. Uh, they had been much better in previous years. I mean, Hypel walked into a very good situation and he hasn't really been able to capitalize in terms of recruiting. So, you know, they, they're still, they're still riding the wave of success that, that Frost kind of put them on, but. This class might kind of slowly slide them back into the mix with the the middle of the the conference. I mean, if you told me a couple years ago that this would happen, you I don't know. I kind of thought they were going to continue upward and and be talks of even going to another conference. This is so yeah, finishing yeah fifth in the AAC. That number is a little jarring given yeah. their momentum. Uh, okay, 
I'll go to another G5 conference. I'm going to the Mountain West, and I'm just saying the whole conference outside of Boise State and UNLV are losers. So those were the only two teams to finish in the top 100. And of course, we're, all these numbers are 24-7 sports composite rankings. That's brutal. Yeah, it's top really 100. bad. San Diego State, Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, San Jose State, Colorado State, New Mexico, Utah State, and Wyoming all finished with classes that were significantly worse than their long-term average. So wow. it is bad. Obviously, at the top, there's reasons for that, some coaching changes, but... Still, overall, the trend has been bad for the Mountain West. Yeah, Mountain West getting worse. It's uh, ouch. Yeah, recruiting rise at least. Yep, brutal. Uh, all right, are we to me. I think we so. are. All right, uh, I'm gonna. I'm doing a one eighty here. Uh, I'm going Baylor. Uh, maybe I'll be super negative on them now. But there's just it was not a good class. Uh, obviously, Matt Rule leaving had a lot to do with that. Of course. Yep. But finishing 54th in the country um, and second to last in the Big 12 after, you know, the, one of the best seasons they've ever had and a magical run, that's just disappointing. I mean, when you want to capitalize on a great season by bringing in a top class and kind of setting the foundation for the future. But Dave Aranda was uh, just it's too late to get a good class, I guess. So that was that was tough. All right. I'm going to go a little off the radar here. NC State. Uh, they fell to 41st this year. They, they've they been sliding. They were 26th two years ago, 32nd last year. The gap is really starting to grow between them and, and the top half of the AAC, or sorry, the ACC. You know, they finished four and eight this year. It's It was Dave Doran's seventh year. And with the recruiting sliding, I don't know, it would be really hard to be optimistic in, in Raleigh if I was a Wolfpack fan. Okay, my next loser is actually... I'm cheating here. It's several schools. It is some schools with first-year head coaches because usually the first year, the first full cycle, you expect optimism and, and a pretty good class. But here's some disappointments. Louisville finishing 42nd under Scott Satterfield. Not terrible, but Bobby Petrino's last two uh, full classes were 34th and 30th. So that's when you compare yeah, your that, first recruiting cycle is supposed to be your best, really. So yeah, it's a little disappointing. I mean, you're new. There should be playing time, and they had a good season. So they did. Maybe that'll give them a, a, a jump next year because, of course, the program was in in bad shape when Satterfield got it. So maybe I should give him a little bit of a break. Uh, the other one, Kansas, finished 57th under Les Miles, which is only slightly better than what David Beatty had been doing, and that's really the whole reason you hire Les Miles. You think you're you're going to get a recruiting bump didn't really happen uh and then houston finishing 82nd seventh in the aac yeah holgerson is of course getting paid a ton of money and on the field the first year could not have gone worse he is pulling in some good transfers but overall i think it's uh the talent is is not not getting better down there what's that Mm. prospects are not looking good down there no no it is a very bad start all right, uh, I will keep it to one team, as we discussed. I'm sorry, I just had to, you know, I want to give everybody... Arizona! Okay, okay. The Wildcats. Uh, Sumlin, uh, yeah, he's turned out to be a total dud there down in Tucson. Oof. I mean, you at least thought that he would recruit, and he might not be the best on-the-field coach, but you would bring in talent. I mean, last year they finished 11th in the Pac-12, this year they finished 12th in recruiting, and to make matters worse, Herm Edwards killing it as far as recruiting going on over there and, and their in-state rival. 
I mean, they were what, 24th, I think, in the nation. Yep. So, I mean, if you would have told me that Herm was going to really out recruit someone, I would have thought you would have been crazy. But yeah, someone's, someone's done here probably after this year. Oh, yeah. He seems like a dead man walking. Yep. Yeah. I will, I do have to throw out one honorable mention and it was Illinois. I think they finished 87th or something. I mean, Lovey bought some time with the miracles this year, but it's going to be very hard to sustain in the future with that class. All right. Is that all we got, guys? Any other recruiting thoughts? Mm. Do you like the new early signing period? Well, somewhat new. Well, as a USC fan, it hasn't really fared well for us. So (laughs) maybe I'll say no. Um, There's a lot of people talking about the idea of putting it before the season like maybe in in august or something like that early august that wow. seems to make sense so you kind of well you get it get it out of the way before players go back to school and and have their senior season um i don't know i i kind of like that idea it I would mean, make it, it would also make it less right now it's pretty punitive for if you fire your coach at the end of the season there is really no time for them to to pull together a good class we saw it what who did we mention earlier that had that Baylor, Baylor. Uh, had that happen. Ole Miss, even with uh, Lane Kiffin coming in, they didn't really get a great class. So, yeah, yeah. What, what do you guys think about it? Missouri, yeah. I I don't know. I just feel like that's really really early for a kid to have to you know sign and be committed to for yeah I, before his senior year of high school. That's that's too early, I think, in my book. I mean, I know you don't have okay. to do it, but. It's still to me. I I I think I would just rather go back to the old. You know, everybody signs in February. And it was it a always a fun a fun day fun signing day, day. Now it's kind of broken up a little bit. Yeah, it gives guys more of a chance to think about it more too. So I don't know. That's just me. Okay, uh, let's move on then to the trivia zone. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia doesn't matter what it is. You have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone. Okay. I, Trey, am going to ask you guys the trivia question today. Okay. Thanks for telling us your name. No problem. You know, we sound very familiar or similar to most people, so I just, I got to remind them every once in a while. Couldn't hurt. Sure. All right, well, we were talking about recruiting, so this is going to have a recruiting theme. Uh, since since 2000, there have only been three quarterbacks who were the number one overall player on 24-7 composite. Can you name them? Now, I this is this is tough, but I will I will give you some hints along the way. But first, I'll let you kind of take a crack at it. Since 2000? Yeah, Ryan, let's just go most recent. Was it, I, I always kind of get it mixed up. Was it Trevor Lawrence or uh, or Justin Fields, Ryan, that was first? I want to say Lawrence. I want to say it was Trevor Lawrence. Fields was number two, I believe. Yeah, okay, so Lawrence. you guys got that. So boom, boom. Okay. That's, that's one. Very good. All right, Ryan, as I think allowed here, we've got uh, Terrell Pryor was pretty high. Vince Young was pretty high. Yeah, um, I don't know if he was number one. Okay. Um, Rhett Bomar, I don't know if he was number one. Marcus Russell was up there. Um, wow, that's tough. I can't even. This is tough, but it, give us some time. We'll, we'll... Tebow this is fun. was high, but I don't know if he was Yeah, I don't one. think he was one. 
Man, you went all the way back to 2000, though. That's a ways. Well, I, I, that's what amazed me, that there were only three. Yeah, true. Yeah, that is interesting. Jameis Winston was high. I don't think he was number one. Yeah. Ryan Perlew was high. Yeah. Guess we haven't said anybody that's it, though. Yeah, well, let me well, just you, say, well, you got, have, have we said one of them, at least? You've said one of them. Mm. Okay, Ryan, how about, I feel like between Terrell Pryor and Vince Young, one of, maybe Terrell Pryor, Ryan, should we guess that? Or do you not feel good about that? Uh, let's go ahead. Terrell Pryor. You're, you're, you were wrong in your 50-50. Vince Young. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, wow. So, okay. Vince Young in 2002. So, you guys have got two. We've got 2002, Vince Young. 2018, Trevor Lawrence. There's one more. That's pretty um, nice. You, guys have, from, not, you uh, guys have not met. That's pretty good. You guys named two of them. That was kind of what I was asking because the third one's the hardest. He's very, you can very, uh, you could easily get him, but it's the hardest of the three. Okay. I I won't tell you now, but I can give you the year uh, before I say the school or anything. Ryan, what about Troy Smith, Sam Bradford? Were they? I don't. I mean, I don't think so. Okay. But, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm not, not seeing that. Um, and nobody from USC. I mean, they had a pretty good run, but. Yeah, Matt Barkley, no I thought about. I don't, Barkley. I don't know if, I don't think Barkley was number one, but he might have been. Um, Booty, John David Booty. You're right. Mitch Mustaine. <laughs> yeah, he was high, but. Anyway. Well, you guys are on the, uh, you guys are. You guys are all around it with SC, so. Okay, is it, Ryan, should we guess Matt Barkley? Yeah, let's go Barkley. Boom, Matt Barkley. Uh, all right, he was number one, okay. <laughs> all right. Mark Sanchez was actually number three overall in his class, but so 2002, Vince Young, 2009, Matt Barkley, and then 2018, Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. All right. That's a good question, because, I mean, you would have, if you would have asked me how many would have been number one, and then that 18-year period, I said, like, half or something, like, that's. Right. That's not much, but they they've yeah. they've kind of hit on a majority of them, like guys like Jadavian Clowney, yeah, and then these quarterbacks. Uh, there was um, Leonard, I think Leonard Fournette. I want to say there was they they there was some they did very well at the top, but any noticeable busts that you remember? Well, they had number one overall. He wasn't a bust, but the this is the only one that can come to mind was uh, Rashawn Gary at Michigan. He was good, but. And it turned out pretty good. It's a little slow start, but ended up being very good. There were a couple uh, of tackles that didn't quite pan out. I don't know if they were injury issues, but um, but overall, they've it's been pretty pretty good. All right, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. If you like the show, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash College Football Bros, and we will be back next week with the worst commercials of the 2019 season. So we'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.